Hi, I'm Liz Cully, and welcome back to Cool, Cool, Cool. Each week, I give you a glimpse into what I think is cool and chat with a ton of people that are definitely cool. No topic is off bounds unless, I guess, it's not cool. Welcome to Cool, Cool, Cool. If you had told me when I was 10 years old in 1995 that I would be going to the Tupac docuseries premiere after party with his original manager, Layla Steinberg, with all of the surviving members of his family, with Snoop Dogg, Jimmy Iovine, the Hughes brothers. Like, I would be. One, I would probably be shocked. Two, I would probably be thrilled. And last but not least, I would probably just not believe you. But that is what I did last night, and it was fucking amazing. I am a diehard Tupac fan. I was born and raised in Marin County, where Tupac spent his senior year of high, I think junior and senior year of high school going to Tam High. He lived in Marin City, which is just quite literally across the bay from me. And he's a California icon. He's a, he's a global icon. He's a it's fucking Tupac. I got to go last night to Dear Mama premiere and party at the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures. Uh, the docuseries was directed by Alan Hughes, who's obviously one half of the Hughes brothers. The Hughes brothers... I mean, were a huge part of Tupac's life. They directed his first three music videos. I didn't know this, but actually Tupac was supposed to star in Menace to Society, but he had actually assaulted the Hughes brothers on, I guess, on set for one of his music videos, and they got into a lawsuit. They later, I think, you know, sort of rectified the break in their relationship. But these these guys go way, way, way back. Like the Hughes brothers, it's Alan and Albert Hughes. And they did movies like Mess to Society, as I mentioned, Dead Presidents, The Book of Eli, like major, major, major films. Very important for hip hop culture, just like fucking G's. And I met Alan Hughes last night, which is fucking crazy. And if you had told me that I would have met him, I would have been like, there's no way that that, like, I just, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't have believed you. I mean, you know, I think some people get obsessed with things. I've talked about Disney adults and I don't understand why people are so obsessed with Disney. And I wouldn't say that I'm like crazy obsessed with Tupac. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm borderline crazy obsessed with Tupac, but I think it's the combination of his voice, of his lyrics. Obviously he was fine as hell. But also, I think, kind of the palatable empathy that he displayed and the charisma, truly. So last night, it was incredible. Dear Mama is a five-part documentary series that's really through the lens of Afeni, his mother, and Tupac. And I got to see the first episode, and it was incredible. I've seen pretty much every single Tupac documentary. I've watched that insane strange scripted film. I actually went to that film premiere with Too Short, which is fucking hysterical. And this had a lot of archival footage that some of it I had seen before. Some of it I had never seen before. A lot of it was provided by 
uh, members of the, or veterans, I should say, of the Black Panther Party, which Afeni Shakur was a major figurehead in, which is really cool. And what I loved about Dear Mama is like, I really enjoyed learning more about Tupac's mother and who she was through the eyes of Glow, who was there last night, who is Afeni Shakur's sister, who is a fucking character. I was pretty naive, I guess, about the Black Panther Party. Obviously, I know who Malcolm X is, and I'm, you know, pretty aware of his philosophies, and I've, you know, read some of his works before. But I, I didn't, I didn't know a lot about the Black Panther movement, and you know, other than the very famous Breakfast Program. But so many incredible things for the community that the Black Panthers did that I, I really don't think were talked about. I think obviously it was shown in such a militant light. But learning about, you know, all the social services and really promoting anti-racism, but really promoting equality particularly for those uh, who like were living just above or below the poverty line, whether you were black or white or anything else. So it was really cool. I'm excited to watch the rest of it. But I have a funny story about last night. I have a couple of funny stories about last night. So I arrived. Uh, my lovely clients invited me. I love working with FX. They're amazing. Just a really cool group of individuals that I really look up to. And I was like nervous. I didn't know what to wear. I was like, I'm not going to like walk the red carpet. So I wore this dress that I recently wore to one of the Vanity Fair Oscar parties and like threw on some boots and I arrive and, you know, it's like I'm alone. So I'm not nervous because I know people, but the people that I know are working the party. So it's not like I'm kicking it. So I'm standing by the, the red carpet and the security line, the security officer who was like kind of watching the line kept telling me I needed to move back. I'm like, dude, I'm not like fucking doing anything, but like, okay. I was like, am I making you uncomfortable? He's like, no, no, can you just like move back? Which was just making it even more awkward because that meant I was just furthering myself from any other human being more and more. So I was just sticking out like a sore thumb. And uh, one of my clients and I were chatting and all of the sudden an Escalade pulls up, doors open up and a group of people walk out. And it was a sizable group. I'd say like six people, a young gentleman with with an older man. And it was like all of fucking Tupac's family, like legit all of Tupac's family, like his brother, his aunt. I believe his stepfather, like, I'm just like, what in his cousin, who he's, you know, very, very close to. And I was just like, like, what is going on here? Um, and like, Komani Shakur, who's obviously like a rapper and a step and his stepbrother, like, I just was like, what? in the world am I supposed to do right now? And my friend and also client like disappeared and somehow the Shakur family thinks that I am their handler for the evening. And which was insane. And the way, listen, I've worked in, in events for so long and, you know, production. I just go like into the mode. I'm like, okay, no problem. I'm very much a guest of this, but if I need to step in for some reason and take care of the extended Shakur family, here I am to do it. But I'm like also standing there awkwardly making small talk 
because I don't have the right credentials to go on the carpet. And we're at the end of the carpet where talent would like finish up their press and then go into the theater. And they're all waiting there. And like some of them want to walk the carpet. Some of them don't want to walk the carpet. And I'm just like, and they want to go say hi to Alan, who obviously directed the docuseries. And it was just so incredibly uncomfortable but also if i'm like telling my old self that i'm gonna sit there and like be talking to mapreem shakur like casually and his you know nephews and nieces i would not have believed you by any stretch of the imagination and here i was little old me just fucking kicking it with the shakur family who thinks that i am their you know talent wrangler handler so what basically ended up happening the rest of the night, I, like, I got them on the carpet. They came off. They're like, where are our seats, Liz? I'm like, Ugh. my clients are laughing. They're like, this is hysterical. They are like so into you. And uh, yeah, there I was uh, trying to figure out how to walk them through <laughs> the Academy of Motion Pictures into their seats, which I eventually did. Um, and then I walked back upstairs to go see my clients. Couldn't find them. So there I was just like wandering alone being very awkward walking through this premiere. I took my seat, not before actually entering. I should also mention that I entered kind of like the row on the wrong way. I was seat five and I entered it on like seat 30. And right there was the head of the network, Jimmy Iovine, his wife, Liberty Ross. And I'm awkwardly being like, excuse me, excuse me. Literally nightmare, nightmare scenario. Like having to pass through my butt, like about to hit everybody. Um took my seat, looked around, and right behind me was Layla Steinberg, who is Tupac's original manager. She was an educator in Northern Marin and started working with him really, really young. He credits her to like really pushing him into the music industry um, and and taking a lot of her own connections and, and furthering him. He eventually signed with, you know, Digital Underground's manager, Atron and then going off eventually signing with Interscope. But I'm like, holy shit, it's like his original fucking manager. I mean, I just, I have to geek out. I mean, these people, the stories that they have are just incredible. And being a fan of somebody that's, you know, an icon that's passed away, you know, you hear the stories, um, you hear the story of like Suge holding, you know, somebody over the balcony at the fucking, whatever four seasons or you know you hear these kind of stories from behind the music on vh1 but it was really incredible to sit in a room with people that truly knew tupac from birth a lot of afanis constituents and friends from the black panther movement were there and they were eps and i just you know for me it was a little bit of like a pinch me moment also very strange to be there alone, but kind of cool because nobody was talking to me really <laughs> until later. But it gave me an opportunity to really like soak it all in. I mean, um, Tupac's original and only publicist was sitting about two seats down from me and I was listening to stories from her talking about when Tupac sued the Oakland police for beating the shit out of him for a jaywalking ticket and how mad he was and and how she was handling his press at that time. Just like 
real for like a nerd of Tupac like me, some real cool shit. I mean, I've made too short tell me a bajillion stories about Tupac, but hearing again from the perspective of his educators and his team and his family was a real special, special moment for me. And I'm so thankful for it because I don't want to say that I'm like desensitized from premieres and parties and things like that. But, you know, I I do do a lot of it for work. So it does become, I don't want to say not as special because it is still special. And I'm very appreciative of it all. But it's just, it's like work. You know what I mean? Like I've done some cool shit, but going to a Tupac premiere with all of his friends and family for a Tupac fan, like, I don't know. I think the only thing that can rival it is maybe Mackenzie on my Disney episode talking about how like fucking Michael Eisner was like walking her through, (laughs) you know, Disneyland, um, which is pretty, pretty special and a unique experience. You know, it's we're, we're getting so far away, but not far away at all. From the 90s. And I'm really a kid, you know, of the 90s. We, we, you see on TikTok, you see on Instagram kind of folks my age and older laughing about the fact that Gen Z is, you know, dressing in 90s gear and like early 2000s. And, you know, I was totally somebody that was obsessed with the Delia catalog. My mom's like, no, um, would finagle my mom into a limited two here and there. Like I rocked jelly sandals. I mean, I did all the things, you know, I mean, that was what we wore back then. But it's incredible to start seeing filmmakers memorialize that time. Um, because for me, I'm like, oh, the 90s were like fucking 10 years ago, 2015. But it was not. <laughs> it was 30 years ago. And a lot has changed and a lot has remained the same. Music today is tough for me to really get into. I don't love every, some here and there. I'll get real excited about something. I think Snow Allegra is and drama are, you know, two artists that I am into as of late. I love Ari Lennox. There's like some R&B folks that I'm into. But overall, for me, the rap music of today is not my vibe. I, it's like mumble rap, sleepy leapy. I'm just, it's, I don't, it's not my thing. Like I like real 90s, early 2000s, 80s rap music. And I don't think anyone, and we, you know, everyone can kind of jokingly argue like East versus West, Biggie versus Tupac, which is fucking stupid. And it's like doesn't even make sense. It's like picking, I don't know, salt and pepper. Like you need both. Like, I don't know. Like, what are you just going to have pepper for the rest of your life? Like you have to both salt and pepper together. Like, you know, I mean, it's like Biggie and Tupac. Like it's totally different. It's amazing. Both of them. Um, But I think for me, you know, Tupac really embodied like, you know, the sexual revolution of the of the 90s. He embodied the, you know, political unrest uh, amongst a lot of different communities. Um, He also really showcased the multifaceted artist, right? Like he was an actor, he was a dancer, he was a musician, like a writer, a poet. I mean, really enmeshed himself in the arts, which I think nowadays it's, you know, pretty expected that somebody would, you know, have 
a few different interests. You know, it's not just one craft, but but many. And, and a lot of times you're expected to be able to fucking sing and act at the same time. It's like Riley Coe, like who knew that girl could sing, but Daisy Jones in the six, she fucking, she girl can sing. Who knew? I loved her um, in the girlfriend experience, but I didn't know she could sing. But I think Tupac just, it's just the smile. It's his smarts. It's his wit. It's his empathy. It's all of those things um, that make him so special to me and an artist that I just love because I really identify with how sensitive he is, but at the same time, how loyal and how much frustration and anger. I mean, we did not by any stretch of the fucking imagination have similar upbringings at all. And I am not implying that. But I think the bottled emotions are quite similar that we share. And again, maybe I'm like a psychopath and I'm really trying to make a mountain out of a molehill and be like, yeah, me and Tupac. Um, but I just, you know, last night, it's also something about like West Coast vibes. Tupac grew up majority on the East Coast between New York um, and in Michigan, you know, he or Baltimore, excuse me, in uh, New York and Baltimore. And, you know, then came to the West Coast. And I think definitely I'm sure if he was alive today, would kind of argue he was from both places maybe he would even say he's more from new york than he is from california i don't know you'd have to ask him which might be pretty difficult but last night was such a west coast vibe like i ran into quincy jones's son qd3 shout out i haven't seen him for a while we had you know members of digital underground money love snoop dogg was there rolling a blunt like with his family while we were watching the screening, which I was just like, wow, you're such a G. I'm trying to think who else was there last night. So many people. Jimmy Iovine, which I mentioned. Um, oh, Tony Pizarro was there. Stormzy was there. Um, Ray Love. EDI Mean. Like, some Bay of fucking legends up in there. And I... um. I was pretty, I was pretty jazzed. I didn't take any photos with anyone because I've gotten to a stage in my life where it's just too cringe. And I didn't want to be like that chick. There was a woman there last night. I don't know who she was with and how she got there, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. When the family arrived and I was speaking to them, she came up. She was an older woman. She had tights on. Um, fishnet like fishnet tights with open-toed shoes that were sparkly a tight black dress and then this like zebra sweater and this lady had a full-on fucking tattoo of tupac on her arm and she had to have been i don't want to ever assume anybody's age but like maybe I don't know. All I know is that I was like, damn, you have a fucking Tupac <laughs> massive tattoo on your arm. And she came up and wanted to hug Tupac's grandfather, which I thought was a little weird. Cause I'm like, why are you like touching this man? It was a little strange, but I was like, all right, like whatever. And she um ended up at the end of the night, there were branded Tupac pillows, but like also like the FX logo on them. And people were trying to take them and people were like, yeah, no, like 
these aren't for you guys to take. And this woman with the Tupac tattoo at the end of the night, because I was there to the bitter end, um, chatting with my client, Lauren, who I literally am obsessed with and honestly is such a fucking G and I really look up to. And we were just chatting and I like look over and I was like, Lauren, that woman is stealing four pillows. Literally could barely walk out of the club, walk out of the party with all these pillows, um, which was like, strange and classic but yeah i refrain from taking photos did i want to take a photo with fucking tupac's entire family correct even though they thought i was like their pr girl did i want to take a picture with snoop sort of um i mean like why not i'm trying to think who else i would have wanted to take a party with really i think snoop and uh, the family were probably i mean alan hughes jimmy iovine i would have taken jimmy iovine scares the shit out of me so I don't know if I would have taken a picture with him. Uh, but yeah, I obviously like wanted to take pictures with people, but I didn't because that's like so it's kind of cringe, you know, it's it wasn't the right vibe. Had it been the right vibe, I totally would have. But I don't know. I just felt like kind of weird. Matt Barnes was definitely there. And I walked up to Matt Barnes and I was like, yo, Matt Barnes don't I know you from somewhere? And then I, but I didn't know that his name was Matt Barnes. I was like, oh yeah, like, haven't we met before? And then I was um, quickly reminded that Matt Barnes is a professional basketball player who had played for like the Grizzlies and I think Miami. He was definitely on the Golden State Warriors because I'm obviously from the Bay and I feel like that's where I knew him from. Anyway, it was real wild and I was like, why, oh my God, what am I doing? So once I like misidentified Matt Barnes and walked up to him as if I had known him my whole life and he quickly checked me like, in a nice way. He was super nice, but he was just like, yeah, I don't. I definitely don't think we've ever met before. I decided that I would just kind of keep to myself as mentioned um, and really just take it all in, just, you know, taking the experience. Um, there are the horrible mo moments, as I mentioned earlier, when I arrive at these events by myself, where it's just like I am wandering about, like trying to look like I'm looking for someone um, when I'm just miserably solo. And that happened a little bit last night when the party happened. I like didn't know where to go and didn't know where to sit. And again, I'm not going to like fucking roll up and sit with like money, love and shit and like digital underground and be like, hey, because, you know, also you have to I have to kind of be careful that I'm not looking like I'm like hitting on anyone, I guess. I don't know. These are the things that go through my mind. But I grabbed a glass of champagne and sort of wandered about until I uh, inserted myself in a couple of conversations and ran into some people that I knew. But let me just tell you, uh, secrets out. There are many awkward moments for me at these events. I never really get plus ones. So, and when I do get plus ones, somehow nobody wants to go with me. So uh, I, I spend a lot of time um, surveying the scene. I try not to be on my phone because that's awkward. And I think it looks like I'm closed off. And obviously if I'm alone, I want to be <laughs> open to having a conversation with someone because I'm fucking alone and I'm awkward. So uh, luckily it didn't go on for too, too long. And I was able to uh, grab some of my clients and talk to them, uh, you know, about the uh, devastating state of the entertainment industry. <laughs> but net net, I just wanted to jump on uh, and do a, a little bit of a short interview or interview interview with myself. See, my brain is just like going to mush. Uh, 
do a quick little recap of my night last night in more detail because it is so cool that I'm afforded these opportunities like going to a Tupac docuseries premiere with legends in the industry that I have looked up to forever. And I am so critical about where I am in my career and what I've done and where I'm going and who I am and what I was and whatever that, you know, I do get to do cool shit. And I get to do cool shit because I fucking work hard. And I will tell you, I asked to go to this though. I should have I should have said that from the jump. I found out about this docuseries and please believe I don't really ask much. I don't really ask people, like for real, I don't ask for much. I don't. Um, I only push when I really want to. And this was one particular thing that I had written my client, Lauren, and I was like, I'm begging you. This was months ago. I was like, if you do anything for Dear Mama and it's in LA, please, 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 can I come? And she is a woman of her word and she said yes. And uh, I'm so grateful um, that she invited me last night. And it, it was just such a cool experience for me to have. So... Here's what I'll say. If uh, you're in a situation, it could even be like, I don't know, you found like a cool hiking trail in your neighborhood or something. Stop and smell the roses because I forget to do it all the time. And it really helps put things into perspective. And uh, yeah, see you next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.